0: To Minute Impossible, your mission, should you choose to accept it, on this Thursday is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. I'm Jonathan. I'm Don. I'm Chris, and I'm Heather. Awesome guys. Now we're going tonight. Today we're going to talk about minute four, which starts with Tom Cruise saying, "We got it," and ends with a flight attendant offering movies to someone in first class on a plane. This minute has a lot going on because we get that famous opening for Mission Impossible. The theme song starts, and it's Go, Go, Go. It's the uh, famous Lalo Schifrin song, the theme to Mission Impossible, which is nice that they kept that, of course. Yeah. Uh, what did he... I don't... I'm not really familiar with him. Did he just do this song, or did he do a bunch of uh, was, songs for TV? He uh, was quite prolific in the in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Actually, he did the music for Dirty Harry. Uh he did this uh the theme for this of course. Uh, he actually re- as recently did the theme for the music for uh, Rush Hour, the Rush Hour movies. So, and he also did the music for Enter the Dragon. Yes, he's he's, cool. he's quite prolific. Well, uh I have a breakdown for this minute. Uh it involves every shot I went through not only minute by minute, I went through frame by frame oh, wow. on this nightmare. <laughs> Uh, because in 96, we weren't seeing, we weren't seeing intros like this in movies. This is more of a TV intro where it showed you parts of the movie as it, that happens later on. I don't know if I I can't think of, maybe you guys can, a movie before 96 that would have had this type of opening.
1: I don't think a lot of movies do that even now. This is a pretty standard sort of thing that you do on TV to show you, hey, here's all these shots from things that happen usually throughout the season, but you don't often see that in film.
0: Well, I think also the uh, the intro has died. A lot of movies just start and very rarely is there. Uh, you know, we, the, the days of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man intro, they don't really happen as much anymore. No, they're more in-credit uh, outros now. You don't get a lot of uh, pre-cred- or pre-credits uh, in the beginning of the movies anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, James Bond still does it. Well, every once in a while, they, they still do it. They haven't done it recently, I guess, until – no, they've been doing it for every movie, but
1: – No, they've been doing yeah, it. Yeah, they've been doing it. I yeah. love it, the yeah. James Bond is actually, specifically.
0: Those are really the most classic ones. Yeah, they're definitely doing that because that's trying to keep
1: – There's continuity for it. Yeah.
0: A franchi- franchise continuity, whereas this one had no – it was actually – it was building on a franchise of a TV show. Yeah. And I love that they kept the theme song and they didn't redo it much. They orchestrated it some, but it's not that redone that much. No. We can wait until we get to uh, Mission Impossible 2 to talk about <laughs> redone music. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, what shows up first is the Paramount Pictures Presents. And then we see a bunch of agents and database faces. Uh, we see Emmanuel Beret. We see something that says Knocklist, N O C, Knocklist folder. And then we see a Cruz-Wagner production. Yes, this is Tom Cruise's first first job uh, as a producer. First film as yeah. a producer. Well, he did a bang-up job. Yes, he did.
1: I love computer screens from the 90s and what people thought looked cool then. Because at this point now, you know, in 2017, it looks really dated. But at that point, I'm sure it looked like the height of the new cool technology that was coming through.
0: Yeah, everything was beveled and everything was embossed. <laughs> And there were drop shadows everywhere.
1: (laughs) And it was all green. Green text.
0: (laughs) I I looked up uh, some of the movies that Cruise Wagner have done. They haven't done a ton recently, but they just did uh, Jack Reacher Never Go Back, and they're now doing the new Top uh, Top Gun Maverick movie, which is coming out in 2019, so that's cool. So they're kind of having a resurgence. They were real big in the mid-2000s. Obviously, that was also when Tom Cruise was at his height of Stardom, yes. Everything, you know, everything from Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, Last Samurai, all, all of his movies. After Mission Impossible, he produces on movies. And a fun, another fun fact: in all these, fi- all the films uh, worldwide, uh, Cruz Wagner has made three billion dollars at the box office. That's pretty good.
1: Well, along those lines, yeah. Mission Impossible was apparently the first film to be released in as many theaters as it was in the U.S. It was three thousand movie theaters.
0: Oh, overseas? No,
1: 3,000 movie theaters in the U.S. So it had the widest distribution at that point of any American film.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Also, it was the last motion picture from a uh, major studio to be released on Betamax.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Betamax.
1: I don't think I ever had anything on Betamax.
0: I think, I think Chris and I are a little bit older. Yeah. So we had heard of Betamax. I was a VHS person. I would never have gotten Betamax, even though I was a movie person. My first, my first VCR was a Betamax machine. Look at you. Yeah. I I was a. I was from a small town, and they didn't have Betamax, so I just went where the movies were. I I had I had a Betamax of a bunch of cartoons that my parents had bought Disney cartoons, and I had Star Wars on Betamax.
1: Nice.
0: Nice. Yes, I enjoyed it. Broke the tape. You still have it? No, I don't. I broke the tape on Star Wars. Oh, bummer. I watched it that much. <laughs> you
1: should have saved it anyway. Yeah,
0: I, I would. I wish I had. <laughs> I still have my VHS tape of it, though.
1: Oh, man. At my parents' house, I think we've got the VHS in two different versions. The actual original version and then the original for the last time ah, yes. before they went to special edition. I, I
0: do have Mission Impossible on VHS and Laserdisc, as well as, nice. LaserDisc. as, as, well as DVD. HD DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, Chris and I went to college together and Chris had the best uh, Laserdisc collection. <laughs> so I was always over there because I didn't have a Laserdisc player. So I just had to watch them at Chris's house. So, I mean, that's fine. Yeah,
1: I barely saw Laserdiscs in the U.S., but some of my relatives in Singapore were really into Laserdisc at one point in time. So some of them actually had them, but I can't recall seeing them in the U.S. ever. Oh my God. You know, in person. I knew they existed. But. They're
0: pretty sweet, but I'm kind of glad we've moved into the cloud. <laughs> I, I like... I, I know purists won't like that. I, I still like like having the digital, or the actual, you know, disc in my hand because every once in a while the, the Wi-Fi goes out and I can't watch anything. So it's nice to have, the uh, you know, hard copy of it. I'm pretty sure that in 96, the uh, producer... Cruz Wagner did not expect anybody to ever be dissecting this movie minute by minute on Blu-ray and looking at every nitpicking every little thing they see in this movie. It's shot really well and it looks really pretty. Yes, it really is. I, I And we'll get to that in a second because uh, that's in the that's in the credits. After we get through uh some more uh shots of Tom Cruise and Oh, look, there's Tom, there's, uh, there's John Voight. John Boyd. <laughs> it's the first time we see that John Boyd is in this movie. Yeah. So that's awesome. He's on a little watch, a little, a uh, little TV watch. Yeah. And then, uh, we have another shot of him sitting in, in what looks like a cargo area. And it looks like Tom Cruise is swallowing a pill. I don't know why that's there. And then there's a bloody hand and then Tom Cruise sitting in a room and then there's lasers, explosions. And then we see a Brian De Palma film. Brian De Palma. You you may know that Brian De Palma did this film by the fact that almost every shot at the beginning of this movie, if it's not framed perfectly, it's framed at a, uh angle. Yep. Brian De Palma loves angle shots. He does love his angles. And he also loves to use the widescreen format, which this movie does very well. Yeah. He definitely fills the screen. Yes, he does. Because he there was so much stuff in the in, in shots uh at this point uh in 96 Brian De Palma had just done Carlito's Way in 93 and was about to do Snake Eyes in 1998. Yeah. It's uh he was going through his period of making making studio films as opposed to uh doing what he used to do in the 70s and early 80s which was more Hitchcockian sort of thriller uh psychosexual thrillers as he used to do. Well, I mean this had uh mouth Yes, fingers, it it, so, it did have mouth thumb. You're right. It did have the mouth thumb. Mouth thumb. Mouth thumb. Th- mouth th- mouth thumb. thumb. Oh, I mouth thumb. It. Yeah, yeah, we get we it, right. it right. Mouth thumb. I just made it so much mouth worse. Thumb. <laughs> Moist Moist mouth thumb. (laughs) Moist mouth thumb. Moist Um. mouth thumb. Uh, And here's my fun fact for Brian De Palma. I did not know that he introduced Robert De Niro to Martin Scorsese. Ah. Hmm. I found that out. I was like, it all makes sense. Well, you want to know a real fun fact about about, uh, Brian De Palma. Uh, At one point, he was uh, married to Catherine Bigelow. And at one point, James Cameron was married to uh, Gail Ann Hurd. Um, then at one point, somewhere along the line, they both ended up with the, each other's wives. So Brian De Palma ended up marrying, (laughs) marrying Gail Ann Hurd and James Cameron ended up marrying Catherine Bigelow. So that's a fun fact. And they're all still together today. Nothing wrong. (laughs) No, no, none of them are together today. (laughs) Oh, well. I guess Love is Dead. <laughs> Movie Love is Dead. Film film producer Love is Dead, yes. What is your favorite Brian De Palma film? I mean obviously Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is one of my favorite uh, Brian De Palma films. Uh but I love Blowout and I love um the Untouchables. Those are my two favorites. Yep. Untouchables would have been mine. Yeah. Don, what's your favorite? Heather. Uh Now, to, and to get back to the movie, uh Tom Cruise uh is then seen, after we see the Brian De Palma film, we see Tom Cruise fall to the ground. At an angle. And it looks like he falls on, at an angle. <laughs> Dutch angles. Dutch angles. The, the guy loves Dutch angles. If you don't know what a Dutch angle is, that's where you take your camera and just tip it on it. It's 45 degrees. And it makes everything look really super cool. And then you see Emmanuel and Tom fall into a bed together. At another Dutch angle. And you see the... F- <laughs> <laughs> Another angle. and then you see a fuse again and then you see a spinning fan and then you see this knife again and the knife's now going into somebody because if you watch it minute by minute and, and freeze frame it on it you can actually see the blood of the knife going into somebody and then that's gross. So can't wait to see that happen at some point in the movie. And then something really weird happens if you're watching it minute to minute. They actually have the IMF agent data show up in, a f- in one frame. One frame they show us at least, let's see, one, two, three, four. They show us four of the IMF agents. The first character we see is IMF agent Sarah Davies. We know that that is, uh. Kristen Scott Thomas. Yes, that's Kristen Scott Thomas. And she is a GS 14. I went and looked this up. That's real thing. That's <laughs> from the Department of Defense, Defense Intelligence Agency salary. It tells you what salary they get. Ah. Because she's GG13, which is a real agency number, she was getting well, – this is in today's numbers. Today, if you were a GG13, you'd be getting between $90,000 and $125,000 a year as a full-time employee. That's pretty good. Looks. And then one of the uh, other facts on that sheet is that she, is a, uh, she has a training agent. Her trading agent was Ethan Hunt and Jim Phelps. This is the first time in the movie we see the names Ethan Hunt and Jim Phelps. Those of you that love the original Mission Impossible will see Jim Phelps and be like, oh, yay, we're going to get to see um, Jim Phelps again. Just like, (laughs) yep, Peter Graves. And this Ethan Hunt, maybe. And then we uh, go to the second character info, and that's of Jack Harmon. And that is Emilio Estevez's character's name. So he's Jack. He has an alias, and his alias is awesome. His alias is Tony Beretta. Nice. Nice. That is definitely something you do for someone who you want to be in the movie. You're like, you can be in the movie, but you get to have a cool alias, and that's Tony Beretta. He's the same uh, pay level. Actually, he's one pay level down from uh, Sarah Davies. He's a GG thirteen.
1: Wait, why is Beretta cool as a name? Is there something I'm missing?
0: A, it's a gun. It was also a TV show, mm-hmm.
1: and it's fun to say Beretta.
0: So his name's like kind of Tony- sounds like Beretta. <laughs> His name's like Tony Gunn, which one of is my also favorite a cool name. Tony Gunn is a cheese.
1: Uh, burrata is a cheese and a really fabulous one.
0: Well, this is his name's not Tony. His, his <laughs> name's not Tony Burrata. That's not cool. That's what no. Burrata
1: sounds to me. That's why I don't think it's terribly cool. Well, it's one of those
0: cheeses that's right up there with Klaatu and and Nikto. So it's all good. I like Burrata. That's my favorite cheese. Yes, Burrata's amazing. The, uh, yes the uh, third character info is for uh hannah joan williams i think this is the barmaid yes it kind of looks like her but i'm sure in the movie we'll find out that that's who it is she has the worst alias which is pauline brady how can you have someone have tony beretta and then have someone who has an alias of pauline brady it's like hmm.
1: that's probably more like something a real spy would actually get named because it's so generic it just doesn't stand out We're going for realism, Jonathan. And
0: her nearest relative is Annabelle Jackson. Guys, I'm going on a secret mission. My name, Tony Beretta. Tony Cheese. My name is Tony Cheese. Tony Cheese. And then the fourth character we get uh, is Claire Phelps. And now we know Emmanuel's uh, character name. Now is she his daughter or what? I'm guessing she's his daughter. (laughs) But we don't know who is playing uh, Jim Phelps yet. Ah, you're right. So I so maybe you're just inferring something. Uh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, and and she was trained by Jonathan Smythe. Uh, unless Tom uh, Cruise is playing uh, Jim Phelps, right? M- maybe that's what I assume at this point.
1: Because of mouth thumb.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mouth thumb. You're right. Mouth thumb is. Uh, is definitely part of this, and it's the reason why I think that. And then the next thing that shows up, we shows Tom Cruise's face, and it's a real quick push-in, and then the fuse again. And then there's another list with IMF tags, uh, for those of you that aren't involved in this movie. IMF stands for Impossible Mission Force, which they don't actually say for a long time in these movies, but that's what IMF stands mm-hmm. for. Ethan Hunt, guess what his code name is? Each of you gets a guess. <laughs> I know what it is.
1: Something awesome.
0: Come on, give me something.
1: Jean-Luc Picard. That's good. <laughs> something Heather? <moist>. Uh,
0: <laughs> mouth thumb. It is not mouth thumb. His code name is Yankee. Of course. Of course. That's terrible. No, that's like, I'm American. Yankee.
1: Yeah, that's... All right, Yankee.
0: On that list is also someone named Sarah Downey. Not someone in the movie. She works in Tokyo, and she has the worst nickname. Would you like to know what that is? Double face. Double face. What a, what a mean spirited name. And then finally we get the classic Mission Impossible, uh, where it says mission in a font and then impossible is that awesome stamp that goes over it.
1: That actually looks really dated now. I've got to say, even though I, I love it, the fonts are not what you would use for Mission Impossible in a modern movie.
0: Yeah. That's probably why they changed it in two. Yeah. It's one of the holdovers from the original one, yep. the original show. So with credits are over, go from black back into the fade into the film. Uh, we see a picture of Emmanuel Bray, uh, being held by hands, uh, with the wedding ring in it, on it. Uh, we slowly pull up and reveal that it's, uh, John Voigt with his name right next to it. Uh, so we see John Voigt with the wedding ring and looking at her picture. So are uh, we to assume at this point that he's Jim Phelps and she's his wife? That's what we assume. Camera pulls back slowly to reveal they're on a plane and they're stewardesses. Flight attendants, Chris. Well, it's Europe, so it's probably stewardesses. It's flight attendants are an American thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, these flight attendants are showing around uh, little trays that look like they have some sort of disc or tape on it, and we're not really sure what's what. And we see Emmanuel Barrera's name uh, in the in the credits, and that's where minute four ends. Yeah, and the and the rows on that plane look insanely big. Yeah, and there's nobody next to him John either. John Voigt has I don't know three to five feet in front of him.
1: You know, back in the day. Back in the day, planes used to, the really big, the Jumbo Jets, used to have piano bars. Even economy class had a wow. little piano bar in it. You could walk around. It was a little bit more like being on a train.
0: What what planes yeah. are you on?
1: Uh, look up pictures from, I think it's like the 70s, when they first invented the Jumbo Jets. Everybody thought, wow, we have so much space. They actually put <laughs> lounges in them that you could walk around in and get your drinks from the bar and you could listen to a piano player. It's amazing.
0: I've seen the movie "Catch Me If You Can." I don't remember it being that big, but I do remember it being much bigger.
1: No, nah, look it up. Look it up.
0: No, I'm doing no. Re- I'm doing no more research. <laughs> no way. No when we post research. this
1: up, we will we will post pictures. We will post pictures of them when this goes up.
0: Well, if we have nothing else, that's the end of minute four. Uh, come back tomorrow as we wrap up with a Friday show for minute five. I've been Jonathan. I'm Don. I am Chris. And I am Heather.
1: This message will self-destruct.